I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Constellation podcast. How are you doing today, Ted? You know, I am feeling good. How are you, John? I'm also good. And uh, today we do not have Media Club, just nothing that we're super uh, jazzed about that's on topic uh, at the moment. So, you know, as always, you can send those suggestions to us. Uh, but that means that we are going to jump right into talking about our story. And we have two things that we want to discuss today that are related. Uh, we have a department of culture and a department of plot. So we're going to start with the the cultural stuff, the broad uh, descriptions of, of how this world works. Uh, so the question that we were asking was about the the world creation scene. Our main character is trying to make it as a world creator, maybe become a famous world creator uh, one of these days. Um, so what does that what does that mean, right? It's a kind of an art scene, but right. what we've, is it? We've got yeah. a job for our main character that we've made up, and we think it's a pretty like fundamental job in this world where creating worlds is um, uh, costless, and you know people can do it. So we wanted to just play through the cultural uh, result of, you know, what does it mean if people can create worlds and, uh, you know, if every world you go to is created. And yeah, I, I think we settled on this idea of a world creation scene, what you just said. And, and we're using the word scene kind of loosely, like the way you think of an art scene or music scene um, in a city today, uh, which is that it's like a loose community uh with some norms and some social ties um wherein people are engaged in this they're trying to figure out how to make worlds what makes a world a good world you know what what makes it popular what makes it exciting what makes it worth doing and i think uh you know, even saying world creation is probably too broad because every for what we really mean, right? Because everything in the constellation is usually involving world creation. You know, even if you have a you know something more resembling a business plan, right? That would be world creation. But I think in many cases, yeah, yeah. But I think we're talking about, I guess you could call them art worlds, right? Worlds that are you know created to be you know, somewhat useless in that definition of art, maybe like just th they're there to entertain or enlighten or challenge. Right. But they're not there. It's we're not talking about people who made money world, right. We're not talking about worlds designed to fulfill like a very pragmatic function or anything. Right. 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 There's all these utilitarian worlds that are being created, money world, uh, et cetera. And they have, uh, no interest in, um, sort of attracting people to them just because like this is a cool world but that's more like what i think there also be social worlds right and i wouldn't put those in the category of what our friends trying to do or our characters trying to do either right like uh a world that fills a similar purpose to like a shopping mall or like facebook the website or even yeah. like if we're, and we're going to get to this later, but if there, if our world creation scene has a particular world that, you know, where a lot of people come to share ideas, th that also wouldn't count, right? That'd be in that, this community category. Right. That's describing. more of like a business or something, right? That's more akin to like, um, uh, uh, a, a shared workspace. Yeah. 
or a makerspace or something. Right. And, but the worlds that we are talking about that these people create, they are worlds where the experience of being in them sort of is the art, right? So they are like places where you might spend a lot of time or you might spend only a few seconds. There are places where you might have long drawn out narrative, you know, sort of experiences or where you might just see something amazing, you know, like a crazy sunset or something. Like, I think there's a, uh, it's, there's an emphasis on experience maybe with these art worlds. That's right. And, and so I think it's useful to think about, uh, this is where I sort of started my like thinking about this, like okay. the, the, the formats uh, or, the, or if there's any kind of standards, you know, that apply to these art worlds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like if you were going to have an award show, which I imagine maybe there's awards that are given out, right? That would be something that helps create a scene. Sure. Um, you know, what would your categories be, right? I, and so, so, for example, I imagine there might be a distinction between, you know, short and long world formats, right? Like, because you could have right. worlds where you're supposed to spend two weeks in there, like living, you know, some kind of bizarre alternate life to really experience it. Right. And there could be ones that, you know, yeah, you just you just dip your toe in for 20 minutes and you get, you get the idea. Right, right. Uh, or ones that you're meant to come back to and see how they change and grow versus ones that are sort of static, you know, structures that sort of, you can experience everything cool about it in a shorter time. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of some being longer and I mean, some, maybe this is more of a conceptual world idea, but like there could be a world that, you know, uh, you're supposed to be in for a whole year or something, you know, because they really want you to immerse in it. And then, yeah, that might be like, you know, one of the more like challenging extreme pieces, right? Maybe that's yeah, like could making be an a feature world. that's eight hours long or something or like at 24 hours long, right? Like it's, you know, it's a whole day. <laughs> right. You know, people have done stuff like that. So, sure. uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the standard long format could be as long as a week. I don't think, I mean, given the amount of time people potentially have in the constellation, I don't. Right. A know, week doesn't feel like you're giving up much if you are uh, immortal. Yeah, I mean, the ceiling, yeah, would be a lot higher than it would be today. Yeah, nobody's, uh, you know. Because you don't want to miss out on, like, dealing with your friends and stuff, but, you know, a week is not that much time. I mean, people go on vacation for a week now, so I feel like... Especially if you could do it with your friends. Right, right, at least some of them, right. Um, That might be another category thing, right, is like, you know, uh, I mean, you could almost use the sort of language of games, but like how many many players, right? Right. Like a solo solo? world versus like a multiplayer world or something. Um, That would be like the, yeah. Well, I think categories that currently apply to games would in some cases apply to these worlds, because some of these worlds are on a large, uh, like using our previous discussion of interactive systems, like some of these worlds are games. Some of these worlds are uh, series of rules that have objectives, you know, um, but some of them are obviously going to be not games. Some of them are going to be more like sandboxes. They are going to have rules, but they're not going to have objectives. Um, yeah, object objective based might be, you know, the, the, the simplest thing to. But I think we want to include maybe, yeah, both objective based stuff, which would be more game like and non objective stuff. I think. Right. Maybe it's helpful to think of like what we would exclude, like not from the constellation a- a existing, but from you know the but scene from the that our show. 
our main character <laughs> is from. Yeah, like, like this if particular. If you're gonna yeah. win a worldy or whatever, right? I mean, uh, an earthy. I don't know what's our name for the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> I have. I don't know. Anyway, um, if you're gonna win a worldie, I'm gonna call him worldie until we come up with something better. You can go uh, to the Gaia Awards for now. I don't. Okay. That's like Gaia? not perfect, but whatever. I don't it's know. It's a type it of like, Earth. It's like right. It sounds like a like an awardee name. Yeah. So it, it might actually be named for like you know a person, but who knows? Yeah. Um, or, or like the Galactic Association of you know interplanetary artists or something. You know the right. Gaia. The Gaia. Um, you know, it's like the MPAA or something. Um, anyway, All right, well, that's that. There we go. There you go. We go. With that I don't know. Now. I just made that up. Could be, we could come up with something better, but anyhow, uh, so you're at the guy awards and they're saying, right, you know, best world with a single point of entry or best world with, a, um, I don't know. It could be like best world with a waterfall. I mean, it could be anything, you know, it could be as specific as we want it to be. Um, right. But I definitely like the idea that, yeah, there's like best, uh, objective world, the best non-objective world or whatever you want to call that distinction best game versus best you know non-game experience uh and i don't know i think there could be so many other categories i mean there could be visual and auditory categories like as far as the aesthetics of the world there could be categories in terms of um the depth of uh, uh you know like believability of the space right because there's uh you know you're using ai or actors or other tricks to try to make the thing real um or maybe you actually have somehow created a world with like an ancient culture that you know uh makes your world real um so there's there, there's that axis i don't know i'm just spinning off the top of my head but i feel like there's, yeah yeah there's, there's a lot of things any number I, of like sort of interesting like axes you could judge them on i think that's right but i think just i think it would be i guess what i I maybe want to draw some boundaries to the say like you know there are people that are probably still making things very close to traditional movies there are probably still people making things very close to traditional uh, musical albums or performances in the constellation but those kinds of things that are basically just porting old media uh, like would probably not be like what this award show or what our scene would be targeting. Right. I think the vibe is more like, yeah, if it's not a game, then it's more than it. Like, I think some of the things that would, would include would be like games and game like things, uh, theme parks and theme park like things, right. Uh, arc interesting architectural spaces or installations and things of that nature. Um, and maybe the kinds of uh, storytelling things where you can uh, move around in them, you know, like uh, like a sleep no more type thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and and I'm not saying like they wouldn't ever give an award to one where you just like passively sit and and like watch a thing play out from from one angle, but I don't think that would be the focus, right? Oh yeah, I think that would the bar would have to be very high on that, you know, being really high quality to like be the best world of the year or something because yeah i think these things are going to be immersive and interactive um just by their nature you know i mean like people are these are the world creation scene this isn't like the galactic movie alliance which i think probably has its own planet where they make and show a lot of movies right but like this is like uh you know the people who have embraced the idea that 
worlds are the art form of the present. So in the same way that like someone making a web page or a video game now doesn't artificially limit themselves to only passive, non-interactive content because that, you know, that's how a movie works. They, they design for the current medium. I think it's the same thing. So you can not just, you know, move through these places and kill people and stuff like that. You can live a week, you can eat food, you can have sex, you can, uh, you know, work with other people and build something. Um, you can do all these kinds of things in this world that, uh, you need to be instantiated in a world to do. So I would think that these arts would try to utilize that stuff as much as possible. Yeah. And I like that you said that, you know, sort of the art form of now, and I imagine the stance that, uh, you know, whatever this organization Gaia or whatever would take would yeah. be one that was somewhat uh, pretentious in that way. They would feel like we are the ones leveraging, you know, the constellation to make art, you know, using, you know, we're not, we're not stuck in the past, right? We're new, we're using this new simulated reality that we're in to like push the envelope. Right. And that's kind of our mission statement if we have one. Um, so yeah, I think there, I think there would be a feeling of people in this like sort of scene that they are, they are the true cutting edge, right. Of art. Yeah. And I think um, there'd be a feeling of, since most of these people would remember the world before still, I mean, we're not that far in the future. So I think there'd also be a feeling of like, there is tremendous power for us and we have a responsibility to use it, you know, like, uh, they, they went from having it be impossible to make this kind of art to, you know, uh, very accessible in their lifetimes. And I would think that these people would have, you know, a strong ideological opinion, basically, that that was a good thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think like that kind of, I'm just going to use like the shorthand art world for now to, mm -hmm. to describe this, but it's like, so we, we know what we're talking about. Um, and yeah, these are I, worlds I, for art's sake, basically. They're like, yeah. they are worlds, but they are art worlds. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think giving awards is one thing that sort of elevates like a nascent medium, I think, um, and associations and things that go with that. Um, I don't know if there's journalism or a magazine type of thing or something as well that like, or reviewers, I guess there'd have to be reviewers, right? I and mean, maybe that's oh, really yeah. what I mean. Well, um, and, uh, critics I would, and reviewers, there would be yeah. a review world, right? There would be a world like Rotten Tomatoes that had, you know, gotten the reputation as being the place to go for and to leave reviews. And people would, um, I think rating and cutting down worlds would be great sport for people. Right, right. Uh so something too, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but I was just a, a mechanical thing was going through my head, right? So let's say like you're making a solo world, right? That's well reviewed on mm -hmm. this uh, on this review site. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's popular, you know, maybe you know a hundred people are are doing the solo experience at once, right? So within mm -hmm. a world, like there's no copy paste that that crosses worlds, right? You can't, but there within a world, you can copy paste probably all you want, right? So you could have like. <laughs> A thousand bubbles within a world that oh yeah that all know. have the same rules and are basically instantiations of the same like um set of adventure beats or whatever so everyone can have the same solo experience simultaneously in oh, their own yeah. cubicle yeah i would think that there would be some extremely high upward limit or maybe no limit at all to that like where you could just create you know 
the world would actually be, you know, 1,000 tubes, and each tube is exactly identical um, to all, every other tube, and they don't have much access to each other or any um, for people who don't have admin privileges, and they're just like, you know, copies of themselves or something. That definitely seems like a way that a world could be. Yeah, yeah, and that's, um, you know, so you'd have to build it that way, but I feel like that problem would have been would have been figured out. Oh, yeah, um, I think so. I think, like, once you realize you just have to make more tubes you know, then, and just tell the, uh, the exec to sort people into their own tube as they come in. It should be, that should be fairly easy to do, I think. Yeah. So, so, so reviews, awards help make an art scene. I think, and the other thing is like auteurs, right? Or like, you know, famous. Right. Well, we want to talk about success stories. And so, yeah, like who are the famous groundbreaking world creators who and like what was their genre or what was their great achievement you know it's the beatles of worlds what's the michael jackson of worlds you know like or the martin scorsese or the you know and i think we're gonna i i don't think we're prepared for this today but like we talked about doing an episode where we just brainstorm and maybe we come prepared with to pitch to each other like just tons of strange world ideas right um because we're gonna need to generate a bunch of that stuff right um to get yeah. some specifics yeah um you know it's gonna be a it, it's a hard challenge right because like we're imagining in the constellation you know all, all these minds working on this problem for decades of like how to create more and more interesting worlds right and so we're gonna try to do that probably in, in the span of one podcast and the development of this comic book, just the two of us try to come up with some clever stuff. Um, but at some point, yeah, we're going to need to just like brainstorm a bunch of concepts for worlds. Right. And I think, you know, that'll, I think help expand our minds to like what some of these possibilities are, but yeah, somebody will have come up with some very popular things. Like you said, the Beatles of world creators or, or the Orson Welles or the, Alfred Hitchcock or whatever, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever your, your favorite, the doom or whatever, you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Like I think there's, yeah, there's going to be successes and, um, I don't know. I mean, I think we can do a little bit of thinking about that now. I don't, I don't have a list or anything and we should do like a serious ideation on it. I think you're right. Um, maybe for next week we can make that list, but, uh, the first like successful long format, experience could kind of be a big landmark right right, the right. that's that, your citizen like, cane that like people will go for a whole week or a whole year or whatever the amount of time we're talking about is yeah yeah and then just like what kinds of things would people want to live through like you know uh one insight might be like you know existing genres from previous media would probably get recreated first right so mm-hmm. um there would be war worlds there would be um you know, there would be a World War II world where you could go in and sort of, you know, play act as um, any part of the war. You know? Yeah, all the like standard fantasies, um, like all the, yeah, yeah. From there video would games. be a standard, you know, Lord of the Rings type fantasy. There would be a standard um, a laser fantasy, you know, Star Wars type laser gun fantasy. Uh, there would be, um, and that might Superheroes. encompass many worlds. There would definitely be superhero worlds. <laughs> Uh, there would be a few different kinds of superhero worlds, I think. I think there would be solo adventure superhero worlds, but I think there would also be worlds where everyone is a superhero, right? Like, I think there would be worlds where you get to pick a power or you get to, you know, like sort of RPG style, like roll a dice for one. 
And then, you know, you're in a world and some people can fly and some people can shoot lasers from their, you know, eyes and stuff. Um, I definitely think that would be a, you know, very popular. And I think honestly, you know, again, since people remember the past, a lot of this would be influenced by late stage capitalism and the culture that came with them, you know, so there would be a lot of, you know, Batman specific worlds or whatever, you know, you name it. And uh, as far as I can tell, there's no way to enforce any kind of intellectual property in this world. So I think anybody wanted to create a Batman world would just be able to do it and couldn't That's be right. stopped. Um, so that would, I think, cause a lot of proliferation of, you know, things that we consider controlled, copyrighted things being um, just, you know, proliferated throughout culture. Oh, yeah, uh, freely used. Yeah, I, I guess it, you know, that'll be an interesting question for our comic if we want how referential we're going to allow ourselves to be. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, slamming together those and, and those different references when you don't have intellectual property to constrain you would be like, would find its way into a lot of the art. But I, I don't think know. early, I, if we're talking about like, if we're sort of spinning out like a, a timeline of like art in the constellation, I think early constellation art is going to be heavily referential um, and heavily influenced by capitalist uh, art production. You know, the, the, the mainstream culture of the last you know, hundred years or whatever. Um, I think, after that, though, uh, it's questionable what happens, right? I mean, possibly There's definitely a counter reaction for sure, po right? Possibly that just sort of continues to mix and metastasize, and like you know, just become more and more of a miasma of like blanker and blanker references, um, but they never go away. Or maybe there is some understanding at some point that uh, people want new homegrown references and you know maybe something more equivalent to memes starts to pop up in the constellation and rather than everything being referencing mickey mm. mouse and batman after a hundred years things are referencing peppy the frog and you know that man who always looks sad you know what i mean like and the dog that's on fire and like things that are maybe more ephemeral and less um, intentionally and monetarily driven. Oh, well, that's not where I... Th okay, so those are still like pre-transition memes, right? But I feel like they'd have their own memes. Like, I think they would like, have their own memes. I, was, I just don't know what they are. So I was referencing those as being ours. But yeah, yeah, no, like they would have... There would be their own... Um, they would have their own legends and memes that would grow up in the 100 years or 50 years that has since then and perhaps some of those would become more sort of in fashion um yeah as i think there might be some feeling among the world creators that continuing to reference all these things which has now become so easy to do is a little bit easy or it's a little bit um it doesn't yes. feel like the hip thing to do because it's too accessible um, now there's always the possibility of being like a Quentin Tarantino or a DJ shadow or whatever, where you're like so encyclopedic in your knowledge of the thing you are referencing that like you, you, um, manage to sort of like, you know, make it hard <laughs> to do that referencing shtick. And, and, and that, that may still work in this culture or it may not. Um, I think it's, you know, telling that the best examples of people like that were like successful 30 years ago, but not necessarily now, I think like, you know, or 20 years ago, but 
I, I think there's there's waves of that, right? Like how much people want things that feel more new and how much people want things that feel more like iteration. Well, and I can see I can see two things. I could see a reaction against anything uh, pre-transition sure. on the grounds that that is that's the old world. Right. That's no longer that doesn't speak to now. Right. It's right? not relevant to us unless you right. like, live in the one old world copy that happens to be sitting around or something. Right. But re- but referencing um, you know, current other world creators work, right? And being part of that conversation, the more contemporary reference conversation, that might be considered fine by those same people. Um, but then there might also be people that are just against reference period. Uh, you know, and there I'm sure there would be there would be a movement for that. And that feels more like part of that cyclical thing. You know, because again, we have those two, we have that today, right? We have people that, you know, prefer to make their work without, you know, referencing outside things and people that do it. And it's, you know, but I feel like that, that wall of the transition, I think has a particularly special place right? in, in terms of our constellation universe, in terms of how people feel about dealing with things before that wall, right? Uh, Or before that boundary, you know, and whether that whether that seems like, you know, unique or interesting anymore. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think coming up with things that are genuinely new is so hard um, that I, I, I like it as a, a, as a goal for our main character, because that strikes me as a, a hard enough goal that he'd be having a lot of problems with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that was maybe even like hinted at in the story. But yeah, I like the idea that he maybe he's a hardliner on that, right? Like right. anything pre-transition, he does not. Well, he would never put Batman in in a world that he was working. Well, on. maybe he would never stop. even like hang out in a world that has Batman because he just feels like that's so uncreative. Like, at least come up with your own Batman analog. At least you know, like that's the minimum you could do as a world creator. Is kind of his right. attitude, and then you know. Uh, I'm not even sure he'd be like that into having a, you know, uh, legend of Jerry, uh, you know, like constellation local meme in a world. Even that I think might feel like, ah, uh, you know, aren't we over like a little the, cheap or something? Yeah. It's like, wh- why can't you just come up with something new that people have never heard of that they don't already reference to something else that they haven't already experienced that they get, you know? I mean, I think that's, uh, that is, I think, a frustration that many people who try to create art feel from time to time. And uh, it's genuinely hard. And so I can buy that it would be like a big, like something that you might just try your whole life and fail at. Even yeah. if you're pretty smart and worked hard at it and stuff. And like, I don't know. It, and it may not be even a good idea. Like, I think there's something maybe a little bit foolhardy about it that art um, is so dependent on uh people being familiar with elements of the art that the search for novelty in art may be in some ways a uh, a sort of way that our brains have been hijacked by our own you know uh faulty reasoning <laughs> um so i don't know i mean it's certainly something i think about and i think it's i i, I just find that interesting i don't know yeah no i think that all makes sense for our our, our main character and it's relatable and i think uh I mean, the other thing that you you started this conversation on is you mentioned, um, you know, all of these 
genres that we have uh the war genre the fantasy genre the right like, and you know, horror etc yeah. yeah there's all these obvious things that you would want to do like you'd want to go to a haunted house and you'd right. want to be a superhero and leap tall buildings but i think obviously there's a reaction against those genre fantasies um as well again i mean that goes well, right they would get boring or you would i mean i think there'd be a recombinant period but we might even be past that period right so maybe for a while it's like well, it's a horror story, but you have a superpower. Well, it's a, you know, it feels like this, but it has the tropes of that. But I feel like we'd even be past that point. Yeah, yeah I think these now. genre fantasies and and, uh, be and violence, out. all kinds of violence simulations I'd put in the same category or things that like have like a lot of like game logic to them, you know, where you're just mowing down enemies or whatever. Like, I think a lot of that stuff... I don't know. Here's the thing is I think all that stuff actually is sticky. Um, you know, I think there's a reason that, you know, people enjoy the fantasy adventure like setting, right? That right. maybe doesn't ever quite go away. But I think for like the rarefied group of artists that are like, you know, fancy themselves pushing the envelope, there's definitely a reaction against that. Um, right, right. Well, it seems to me like there'd be a big success world that is sort of not in this art world scene that we're talking about that's like a Fortnite world that's like a big fighting game world that would be tremendously popular you know and like people would spend a lot of time there um but it would not be uh thought of as being like one of the most innovative or imaginative artistic worlds it would just be like you know the biggest triple a game world <laughs> you know it'd be like set up to be exhilarating and that's what it does and every year they build the world up a little better and you know change things a little to make it more exhilarating than before um but that doesn't seem like what we're chasing after right i mean there's a lot of big worlds out there that are not the kind of world we're talking about right there's like big metropolitan worlds that are social there's built big utilitarian worlds like money world or something there's stuff like a big game but I think this is more like, you know, uh, the people who in the old world would have been performance artists or painters or dramatists or movie makers or, or musicians or something getting together and trying to make something uh, for each other, for, you know, a more sophisticated and limited audience than just every single person. Yeah, no, I think that's... It's more like going to the museum or going to an art gallery or going to a, you know, a, a, a small show or something like that than it is like, um, you know, playing uh, a AAA video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. And I think also along those lines, and this might be, again, an even more narrow strain of stuff. There might be, um, you know, a desire to create worlds that aren't, uh, that aren't always pleasant, right? Certainly, um, that would be part of. I think there would be like trends around that at least, because right, people go for a certain amount of time without basically experiencing any pain, and they would perhaps start to intellectually want to experience some pain. <laughs> yeah, like like okay, this world you're gonna get like stung by bees or something a couple times. Like not, I mean, I I, I doubt it. Again, I still think it's a very rare person that would like you know, risk taker type personality that we've talked about in past episodes who would, 
you know, subject themselves to like real true pain. But I think the idea of like introducing some unpleasant feelings um, and things, right, would be would be a movement right after after having gone without that for so long i think people would be ready for some of that to come back in sure especially um, if there's ennui in your life you know i mean like people cut themselves and stuff like that when they're you might want to deal with you might want to externalize those feelings that way you know deal with the feelings you're having by experiencing some danger or pain and just like unpleasant things in general, right? Like I think we've used this example a couple of times of like, yeah, maybe you spend a week like as, you know, a coal miner or something, right? Right, like, right. Like normally that would not be like uh, an exciting thing to 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 do. Like that wouldn't, I mean, that would be a pretty artsy video game that would do that. I think there are games that do stuff like that. And I think, but I think there would be maybe even more so in a, in a constellation universe without scarcity, like people may want, to live in very scarce, very constrained, sometimes awful experiences just because it's that's what's different, right? right in some ways. Right. Well, I think one big thing that you're hinting at here that is going to be a part of a lot of these world designs is limiting choice artificially. Because I think the the main sort of frustration or problem with this world is that it has so much choice that uh, I think a lot of people will experience paralysis or... Um, you know, uh, buyer's remorse a lot of the time just because their uh, trade-off costs are so high for everything, you know, they just, they could be doing any number of other interesting things at any given moment. That's probably not terrific for your psychology. So I could think a lot of people would be actively doing things that they think are going to counter that, you know, Um, whether that's, I'm going to limit myself to, you know, this world where, you know, the rules are X, uh, or whether it's, uh, some other kind of, you know, well, you, appear gonna... in, you appear in the world, right. And like your boss is like shouting at you, like get, get in the mines for the day. Right. Like there's no, like, you know, it's not like an open fantasy world, like explore to the East, North, West, West and South, like go wherever you want. Right. It's this right. very constrained experience where it's right. like, yeah. you can only afford to eat like the food that the miners really ate. And you can only, you know, you have like, this really limited, you have this family that you're living with or whatever that, you know, you have to care for. It's, it's very limited and, um, you feel a lot of, uh, accomplishment because you don't have a lot of other choices. Um, whereas when you're in the like metropolitan world and you could literally pop out on a moment's notice, go anywhere for some people that would be great, but for some people that might, uh, induce just too much, um, worry that you always could be doing something better. Um, yeah, I think that's a good insight. And I can, I think, I think our main character can be in a lot of these, a lot of these categories, right? He can have a lot of, I mean, that might be part of the reason that he's struggling, right? He might have a lot of, embraced a lot of these, uh, reactionary, uh, tendencies, right? He's a, he's against the, the reference. He's a, he's against the old genre fantasies. He's against the violence simulations, but at the same time, he's like against too much choice. And he's also... Uh, against things that are too happy and pleasant right so he's like he's really constrained himself right and taken a lot of things off the table right right um, right yeah i could see that like when he got there he pledged to only do things that where you had like a lot of choice and everything because that felt like the new world but now he's he's burned out on that himself yeah yeah that makes sense i um, think that's cool and 
you know, something else too, uh, and, and maybe we should, uh, maybe we should pivot away from, from this like particular, like, I mean, this is, I think this is like a really important line of thought, right? Is like, you know, what are sort of like the, the trends in art and like, what is our main character buy into? Yeah. But like, we, uh, maybe we should talk about like the, some of the like mechanics of actually, um, of actually making these worlds, right? Um, because okay. something I was, you know, when you make a world, uh, you talk to the exec. Right. You, you tell the exec what you want. Now, this is not a simple task, really, because the exec doesn't really help you. Um, you got to specify things precisely. Right. Um, now, you can keep tweaking. You can say, make me a cat. No, make it smaller. Make it bigger. You know, add, a, you know, a second tail, you know, change the color of the first slightly. I mean, you can say all these things, right? But you... Because the the exec doesn't understand ambiguous instructions, and you got to be pretty precise. And and the things that the exec calls up, we decided are sort of all based on this, you know, database of of things that were scanned during the transition. Right. It has like a library. So, right. So like when you just say cat, there's some cat it always makes that it just is is the like the sort of average cat that it pulled out of that database. And right. so if you want to get away from that cat to a more interesting cat, then you got to go through a pretty serious, uh, serious like, uh, set of instructions to get there. Yeah, you so can I, tell it I want a tabby cat or a Siamese cat. Yeah, or, yeah. So I feel like the main sort of art of this is, I mean, there's a lot of different pieces, right? Obviously, there's just straight up taste and like intention and like what it is you want to make. But there's also, um, you know the actual craft of it that yeah, I guess that's the part of getting skill it. to it yeah, as the, well. yeah the technical craft is yeah. these yeah. knowing and memorizing and again i think memorizing is maybe more important than you'd think because you can't take notes ease well i want to get into this more in a second but you can't easily take notes between worlds so right you know being knowledgeable about the instruction sets to get certain results um and knowing the like idiosyncrasies of the exec you know, when you do hit a wall and like how to get them to do something a particular way. Um, so like, are we in agreement that that's kind of like, that's like a, the major craft here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, it's basically a kind of sort of le related to the legal skill. It's like a sort of related to coding. It's like talking to the exec, formulating your requests. And then to the extent that the, exec can do anything programmatic if it's straightforward and unambiguous then sort of figuring out how to say if something then this or use simple logic to get the exec to build some of the more complicated things for you um, because you would want to make mountain ranges and stuff like that and you don't really want to make those blade by blade right you want to be able to give it some broad parameters and and like let it go and then look at it and say, oh, change these parameters and do it again. Or and something. you don't want it to be the stock. You don't want it to resemble the stock mountain range that's the first one that everybody makes when they say, make me a mountain range. Definitely right? not. Yeah. And you don't even want to cycle through to the thousandth one because at this point, that's been done too. Um, so I'm sure you can just go, no, make me a different one. No, make me a different one. Right. And I'm sure it will kind of like roll the dice and make you a different one. But right. that's not going to work after. I mean, it depends how many years it's been, but after a hundred years, for sure, in the, in the, after the transition, that's not going to work anymore. You're going to need to do something more creative than that. 
And that's what's exciting. I mean, some people will have found out, oh, the exec will combine two elements for you if you just tell it to, or the exec will, um, you know, it, it, like, it will do certain things that you didn't know that it would do if you tell it the right way. And then I was just thinking, like, uh, since you were mentioning you can't take, like, a, a user manual around with you or whatever, there could be, like, a notes or a readme world where people go and they write down things that they have figured out and then other people go and they can look them up. And I like the idea that you, you know, you'd spend a lot of time in the library, uh, looking up, you know, reading the accounts that other people have made of talking to their execs, trying to figure out how this stuff works. Well, so, yeah. So I was thinking about that too. And there's a, see if this tracks for you or not. Right. Because I think um, obviously the uh, the nice version of this, uh, the one the utopian version is yeah. There's the readme world that has the the whole library in it that of everything you need, and you just teleport there instantly and and look something up and then teleport back and give those instructions. Uh, I'm wondering. So if our main character, you know, if they live in some sort of artist colony world, which I think is cool. Yeah. And I th- it seems like we're leaning that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least spend a lot of time there. Um, and me, I don't know. Is there a school component? Is there a class component? I mean, obviously people share, they do workshops together. They, sure. there might be, there might be instructors, right? Could be. Like pe- yeah. people that teach classes, there might even be textbooks, you know, on like these instruction sets and stuff mm-hmm. and things that work and things that don't. It could even be that world that keeps this archive of notes since it's already trying to attract the kind of people who would make notes like that. Right, but it also might make sense that everybody has their own personal archive in this world. Uh-huh. Right? Well, that would be true, too. Yeah. Right. Sure. Rather than a universal archive, like, once you check out a book or once someone grants you access to their notes, or, like, once you take a class and then get the textbook or notes that go with it, it appears in your own personal archive corner of the artist colony world, right? Sure. Because, I mean, there's a lot... I mean, one functional reason is, like, you you may want to have your own space to like set aside the things that like are, are important to you. Right. But it could be, I don't know how it just might be kind of structured like that because, and the interesting thing about that, if it was set up that way, that way is this is again, another one of those like really powerful network effects thing, right. Where it's like, if my sort of like personal archive of, of notes on world creation are in this world, even if I have like continuous, easy, teleport access to that personal archive it's kind of like having all your stuff on the cloud today right like there's this sort of understanding that like that could go away right like they could change the rules on me at some point and then i would lose access to this and maybe that is exactly what happens if you move out of the artist colony or something or Or break the rules of the artist colony in some way or stop like showing up at workshops and giving notes to other people like you're supposed to regularly. Right, that could be a, a, a rule, yeah. Or you steal um, notes from somebody else. I don't know how you would do that, but maybe you could do that. Or uh, I don't know. Yeah, if you break a rule somehow, or you or you are are kicked out for some reason, maybe you lose your archive. And I don't know. I think there would also be public library worlds, but I could imagine that maybe those are not as well organized, don't have all the same information, don't have information, you know, specific to you, the way that this follows you around in your class schedule and stuff like that. Um, so they might still be valuable, but maybe they are 
you know, maybe it's a thing where if you're trying to get an edge in the arms race, you can't get it at the library. All that information is already known by everybody. Um, so it's still a good place to start out, but you know, not that helpful if you're trying to make it to the top. Uh, yeah. And I like the idea that in, in general information is the currency of the constellation. So, um, or it's one of them. So one of the ways that, you know, this maker world gets anybody to live there in the first place is by offering all of this, um, archived information and the ability to, to keep your stuff in one place and easily search it and all of that. That might be part of their value proposition, basically. Yeah, you can imagine that's how they get uh, adoption. I mean, think, I mean, obviously, I think there's like a there's an appeal to just being there with other makers and just doing social it, appeal, and, yeah, and social appeal and having having being able to have workshops and stuff. But I could see this other element uh, being like part of the part of the draw too. Well, especially if you're competing with another, you know, yeah. uh, makerspace world that has the social appeal aspect, but doesn't necessarily have the technical um, archive you know, yeah. or, or it doesn't have it as well designed as your world has it because you figured out how to talk to the exec and make it really searchable for people or something like that. Um, yeah. And I, I guess, I guess I like the idea that maybe our main character is sort of like caught up in the ecosystem of one of these rulesier uh worlds right but that also has like is really cutting edge right 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 yeah you could have pretty rulesy setup in one of these worlds where it strongly encourages everyone to participate right so that in order to get continued access you have to be always producing you know it's a little bit like a pirate website or like uh, a forum where you're a moderator or something like you know you have to make a certain amount of content um for the other people uh, well, and reviewing other were, people's work, I think um, it, it, it might be somewhat inverted, right? Where it's right, like, or that, yeah. Like in order to to create content, not I mean, you can always create it, but like in order to actually have people look at it, <laughs> you need to look at other people's stuff, right? Um, which is, I think, often how these artist communities function. So, it's kind of like a feedback community. Like you have to read my story. And then I'll read your story and kind of thing. Which is funny because like, you know, if you're in short story class, right? And like yeah. you you get, you know, sent home to, oh man, I got to read this story. And it's like, why did this person write 80 pages for the short story class? Oh God, I got to read this and comment on it. And it's like really terrible from page one, right? Yeah. Imagine the same thing. Like I got to review this long format world. I'll see you next week. And like, it's just a real slog right, right. to get through. It's I don't know funny why this me. guy makes you a slug in this world. And then, you know, you're just trying to get across the lawn. I don't know. Yeah. It's no fun. Yeah. Just crossing a lawn in real time. It's for like, a week. yeah, he's, he's exploring boredom or something. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you know, he's just it's some pretentious thing. And uh, yeah, I like that. I think that's funny. I think like it would be so hard to come up with good ideas that hadn't been done in this world because it is so easy to do things. So I think that, uh, yeah, you'd have a lot of failure and I think that's fun. Now let's, I mean, going off the craft thing mm -hmm. and cause you just said it's so easy to do things. It's obviously it's a thousand times easier than now, but right. I'm curious, right? So like you got to give these precise instructions, right? So let's say you're trying to do the slug thing, right? You got to like, okay, you got to specify the slug. So it looks right. And then you got to specify like, you know, where they, they start on the lawn and then you got to make sure this lawn looks the right way. And then you got to get the scale right. And you got to do all this, like, 
I mean, you know, it takes the, it's a conversation, it's kind of like a conversational interface for programming and design, right? But you still have all this actual design to do. It's just like, it's a little bit, uh, if you're, if you're comfortable talking to the exec, it, there's less friction, but I, I still feel like there's a kind of a lot of labor here. Yeah. I and also I, feel like, wouldn't there be innovated on top of the exec some like more visual, physical, um, way to interact with all this stuff, you know, like couldn't your exec make you a terminal, uh, would allow you to more, you know. Well, you could use the exec to, to design tools to right. design with. So one of that that could be like there could be an instruction set that you like you teleport back and forth between your archive where you have the the construction set instruction set for the tool written down, and you basically it's, it'd be like retyping code from a printout or something. Right, right. You There'd like be, you, somebody you, would have innovated this though, where you could create like a world creators creation desk. And that would give you a little bit more ready access to the more commonly used features so that you could, you know, jumpstart the process and make everything go a bit quicker. I'm sure there'd be some of that. I'm sure. But like, I, yeah, it'd be so painstaking to get that all into because you've got to get all you've got to get the work desk into the world you're working on. And then also those tools themselves might if you're really chasing novelty, they might tend to produce have a sort of like signature look that you might be trying to get away from. Like it might be like, you know, real people like, you know, write their own code, you know, I don't know. But I mean, then again, we have that dynamic today where like lots of people make really good art with like really high level tools. Um, but then there's also this segment of the population that like looks down on. Yeah, And I'm not imagining that this desk is any more high level than the exec normally is. I'm just imagining that it's like a more, um, like, just talking to something and not having a visual display is like a tough uh, work environment for a human being, right? So uh, just if I was to say like, you know, I want a visual display and I want to see, you know, I want one window that shows me the whole world and lets me zoom around and pick a spot. And I want another window that shows me a, a real time view of that spot. And then I want to be able to uh, point at anything on the screen and have it automatically selected for you to do something with, right? I mean, how complicated is that? And then, you know, maybe you teach it over the course of a week or two, you know, a hundred commands that you use a lot uh, and turn them into icons that you can tap with your fingers. And then now you've got a system that you can use for the, you know, duration of the world build that like, just works better with your, in you know, with your body and with your senses and the way you work so that you're not constantly, you know, talking to something and then having to just like inspect the world itself to see if it worked. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I imagine, uh, yeah, I imagine there would be some of that. Um, I guess I'd... I'm just not imagining that this is that smart of a system, but just like a better series of, um, visualizations and um access points for the system that are yeah no i mean i mean the short answer is like i imagine that that would exist you Mm -hmm. know to varying degrees and and different people would adopt stuff that was more or less structured right depending on their like style but um yeah no and on what the world is supposed to do right because some of these worlds might intentionally be awfully programmatic right and it wouldn't you wouldn't want to sort of inspect them 
rock by rock because you would want them to arise from some algorithm or some sort of idea that you have. Uh, but then there would be a lot of worlds where you would want to be kind of designing them down to the leaf. Right. But you could also just do things like show me a graph of, you know, like number of rocks versus like some other variable. Right. And it could just do that. So there could be like a lot of standard commands, too, that just visualize things on the fly as you conceive of them. That's true. Yeah. So visualization could just be sort of floating in the air or whatever uh, as you ask for things. Um, I would just think you would want to instruct the exec early on in the process to sort of you know, provide you with data in ways other than just speaking in your ears. And it would, it would be able to do that once asked, right? Yeah. No, I think, I, yeah, you'd be able to visualize anything that you told it you wanted to visualize and there'd be some conventions that people would follow. Now, I, I wonder where I was going, though, with all this labor stuff, right? Uh-huh. We're, and we're, we're elaborating on that now. And again, the tools you're talking about, they might help, is... I mean, do you still have like an indie and big budget kind of thing here, right? Because, uh, so in our conception, right, like the main character does have a partner, right? And we're going to get to that in a moment. But so there's, that's a two man team right? or or two lady team. I mean, I guess we haven't settled on genders yet. Genders Um, are sort of irrelevant in the constellation. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, going to keep uh, using male pronouns probably reflexively, but uh, yeah, just so our audience knows that's all kind of uh, could change. But um but yeah, so it's a two-person team. Uh, that, you know, that's a certain team size. Are there really big team sizes, right? I imagine there would be. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, again, the equivalent of like a big budget world that's got like a 100-person team where everyone's laboring over like every corner of a world. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, the, the distinction is a little bit different because the it's not probably the budget, but more like the... Um, target audience that sort of determines which kind of structure you use. But yeah, I would definitely think that there are like larger yeah, organizations yeah. that um, have more people in them. They've attracted more people to them, maybe because the project's aims are uh, something that more people want to be a part of. And then they aim to be very large worlds in terms of like having many users um, Although they could literally, again, we need to make, we really need to make a decision, I think, about the impact of, of Money World on our story because it just touches so many things, right? You can have literal compensation. Oh, yeah. Be, because this really is like a real scarcity that money could uh, have something to say about, right? Yeah. Which is just like this 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 labor. I mean, this, this, is, this is jobs, right, we're looking at here, along with the acting jobs of, say, you know, starring in these worlds and making them more interesting. Uh, for visitors so there's yeah there's that that i think is more you know like uh more likely to be governed by money because i think there would be i mean yes i think money would be part of it and some of these worlds would literally just pay people to be programmers or whatever to help you know um share the task of building the world in order to do it quicker or whatever but i also think you could just attract like a lot of people to a project. Like if I, uh, was a well-known world developer and I announced somehow, like I am going to make, you know, a new world and I'm going to allow up to 200 people to join the project with me. And it's going to be the biggest, best world ever. And this is the concept for it. And everybody liked that concept. Then I could imagine lots of people would just volunteer to do this because it would be, you know, rewarding and fun. Um, 
I agree. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. I think yeah, money can be part of it, and I do think money would um, be used to try to build big things that got a lot of attention because that would be sort of what money's for in this world. Um, yeah, but I I don't know that budget would be the. I think there would be basically mainstream things which are which are aiming to be large uh, in usership and aiming to be broad in appeal, and I think some of those things would be funded by money. And then I think there would be a distinction between that and these more innovative, um, award-driven, maybe pretentious in the in the in the bad senses, uh, uh, things that are trying to push the envelope and are trying to have a limited sort of discerning audience, but are not trying to be, you know, um, the most popular world necessarily. Well, yeah, and I think going back to the yeah the award show or award the, or the reviews know. or the discussion. I mean, it's it's status the people are after who are making right, these right. things. Yeah, but but yeah, but going back to the the awards given out one yeah. of the, one of the one of the relevant categories along with things we've already mentioned, like uh, would be maybe the size of the team that that worked on it. Um, sure. That might be something that that they could care be a category. About. Yeah, like um, um, best solo creator world or best world with a team of less than 100 or something like that yeah they might just say small team size sure. and that means under 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 10 even you know sure. like uh or, or under five i mean really i mean i don't know because you could still do a lot with few people and i, I guess just it feels like the niche that to further define the niche that our main character is in it feels like he's in this realm of small team sizes i mean inherently right he's got one other partner so yeah, this doesn't seem like he's really trying to do like the big mass market thing. It seems like he's trying to come up with, you know, he wants some he wants some people to think he's cool. And so he's trying to come up with yeah. something cool that will appeal to the cool kids, basically. And so yeah, it it feels a lot like uh like video games today, right? We the the cuz I mean movies, even indie film you need a lot of people, right? But in Right. uh for now, right? We were just talking about how that could change. But uh yeah, right. But uh, and and will change certainly, but uh, in in the current world of video games, yeah, you really have these indies that have you know sometimes single person, uh, just one creator, and then you have these AAA video games that have you know more people, people a number of people that dwarfs the the size of 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 movie teams even. So yeah, there's like this huge, dis- but generally like the market does segment along these two categories and. You know, people identify with one or the other in both like what they consume and and what they try to make. Right. You're sort of in one category or not. Right. Right. Um, right. And the the advantage that the the smaller team sizes can always leverage is that sort of like feeling of authorship, um, you know, and personality coming through, at least like in the marketing. Right. If not in the final product. But right. hopefully in the hopefully in the final product. Right. So I think it's yeah, I think that's. I think to the that is the kind of world that our that our that our main character is probably trying to make, right? They're they're an indie creator. Yeah, they're an indie creator in a world where there's a pretty sharp bifurcation, I think, between um, you know, lowest common denominator, mass market, uh, mainstream stuff, which might be made by one person or might might be made by a giant team of people who are being paid money. Uh, but, uh, but has the aim of being like a big popular appeal to everyone thing versus, you know, something that's chasing the taste of a vanguard. 
Um, and of course the things that happen now where taste moves very quickly and, uh, there's a kind of, um, perpetual feeling of always like being too late to things, I think would just get worse and worse. Probably. Uh, it would just become more and more of an arms race to try to come up with new and interesting things to do. Um, as more, you know, because anyone who wanted to try it could try it. And because the barriers to doing it are really just your own willingness to put the time in and think and figure it out. Uh, it just seems like there will be so many great ideas and they would get burned through and their novelty would, would no longer be of value. Yeah. I think that, I think that's all, that's all correct. Okay. So we've got kind of an idea of where our main character stands in terms of like their creative ideology. We want them to be part of this maker world that maybe has to make some demands of the people that stay there. Right. But right. like off- offers in exchange, like a lot of, a lot of knowledge um, and support. Um, but it's something it's, but it's a sy- system that you could be at odds at. Right. Cause it's got a lot of rules to it. Right. So should we, I mean, that's, that gives the, I feel like we've given a lot more shape than, than I had before to like this like maker community, but should we move on to the sort of department of plot now? Yes. Or is there more on the, okay. So we wanted to, and I, I doubt with our time today, we're going to like, you know, totally flesh this out, but we wanted to ask the question, you know, we know our main character has a fight with their partner near the beginning of the story, a falling out. Um, their partnership breaks up. What, what is that caused by? I think we maybe today already sort of came up with some of the reasons, right? Right. Well, I think we can sort of utilize a lot of these reasons. I think, you know, in a plot sense, um, their, their previous world failed, right? So that's like the, on, on some level, that's the reason why. So these two people, they worked together, they had a dream together, they built this thing up and instead of it being a success, it was a failure. And obviously both of them are going to take that, you know, somewhat poorly, uh, and it's going to make both of them feel a little bit of blame toward the other. But I like the idea that there is maybe, yeah, some more fundamental differences between them ideologically, personally. Um, I think the idea that our main character is more obsessed with like following his own, you know, rules of, Things can't be references and things can't be from before the transition and things can't be this and that uh, is interesting versus somebody who's maybe more flexible and just kind of wants, you know, wants to be creative and wants to try things or, you know, maybe he wants success, but the other person thinks, um, you know, they both want success, but the, but the main character is like obsessed with it to the you know, exclusion of ideology and maybe the other one is more kind of committed to his ideology. Um, well, I don't know. Or maybe it's a matter of like dividing up the work and like, you know, that aspect of it. I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that they can. Well, what what's sort of starting to take shape naturally in my head and we don't uh-huh. have to go with this. It's just like, cause we, we kind of, 
you know, this main character is growing into this person that's like somewhat stubborn and, and stuck on these very like ideas and is maybe kind of dogmatic, right? I mean, it's nice to have that kind of strong choice in a main character, right? Yeah. So, so let's say, yeah, they're very dogmatic about like no references and all this, all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the partner's not so dogmatic, but you know, the partner maybe sees the argument for the dogma and maybe went along with it. And that world, like you said, failed. And so now I see. So now the, the part- partner doubts this whole dogma because he, he was like, all right, we, I agreed to do this cause you were so into it, but it didn't work. Yeah. The conclusion is like, you know, maybe we should loosen up on some of these things. Then the next world we make, maybe they even get to the point of starting to talk about that world. I don't know. It depends how our story beats play out, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's clear that, you know, the main character is not going to give, right. It's just a question of like, they are not equal in they they see the same arguments but they're not like one is way more dogmatic and and un, unwilling to be flexible um and you could you could see that like destroying the team pretty easily yeah i think that's interesting i'm so i'm having a hard time reconciling it with you know what the character is going to ultimately do sure which is like you know, give up the world creation entirely and kind of Mm -hmm. go and do these trials to try to just get the status directly, which makes me think that almost maybe we need to reverse what you're saying. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, maybe. And that, that maybe he'd been going along with, maybe he thinks his partner's brilliant. Maybe he really respects his partner intellectually, but the partner is super dogmatic and really believes in all this stuff. And he's the one who feels like I wanted to do all this stuff that was going to make people come to those this world you didn't want to do that stuff because it had been done before or it was a reference or it was whatever i went along with it you ruined our project <laughs> and maybe and like the partner is saying to him like all you care about is you know getting to go to uh, a party or something why don't you just you know go work on one of those 200 person you know game worlds for a few years and then maybe you can go to one of your damn parties like you don't even want to make art you're just trying to get status maybe that's the argument yeah yeah no i like this so yeah i think that's right so so now i'm kind of thinking of it as the um the partner's kind of the kind of the creative brains and right. the our main character he's more the hype say, man <laughs> no 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 i was gonna say he's like the master the craftsman in the sense of he knows how to speak to the exec. He's just good at the fundamentals because that that. also explains, we know he has to be good at rules because when he's fulfilling the tasks that the club rep gives to him, we want him to be very smart and clever in manipulating the the rules. So he's just, he's good at that. And so it's just this, one of these natural team ups, right? Where you have like, you know, a a brilliant songwriter and like a brilliant, like guitar player or something, right? Like, right, right, right. Or it's like some, uh, like a game development team where one person's the artist and one person's the coder. Right. Something, some, or a designer and, and, uh, and, and coder or something, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I think that makes a lot of sense. So, so, you know, he was, he, yeah, he thought this partner had clearly was like brilliant, had a great vision. And it just like, you know, uh, the, the, all of this like dogma and restrictions just like added up to nothing. Right. And all, all he wants to do is like, he's got this, like this excellent craft and he probably is like a connoisseur of worlds. Like he probably still has. Oh like, yeah. He should be like a super 
connoisseur of worlds. I think that's really important for him. Like right, because he would he would be comfortable he would be comfortable just enjoying cool novel worlds, which is what club membership promises to him. Right, but there's he's uh, out of novel worlds. He's gone everywhere you can find out about without being in one of these exclusive clubs. Like, and he has this yeah. yeah, and he has this natural ability that he feels like should be his ticket in to the inner circle, but it but it hasn't been like his strategy of 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 hitching his his cart to this other guy didn't work. Right. Right, right, right. Oh, right. Which makes me want to have like late in the story. Do you see where I'm going? <laughs> uh, late in the story after he's done a couple trials, but before the last one, um, his partner should get into the club without him. Well, we, we've talked about him seeing the partner like walking around with a famous person or something. Something like that. Yeah. 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 No, I, and, and I think that beat, that we talked about in the past just only makes more sense given what we just said. Right. Yeah. That, like he's, yeah. he, you know, it's, he's, yeah, he's like, it's the fifth beetle position, right? Like he like quit the partnership right before it got big. Right. Like right. he, he messed up, you know, all he had to do was stick it out for one more, one more world. And uh, he would have like earned all the fame he was seeking. Oh um, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. This is good. This is all department of plot or department of plotting right now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's good. I think that's we got to a good place there. Um, should we start to wrap up though? Yeah, I think we should uh, because we have been talking for an hour already, and uh, yeah, this is great. I mean, uh, I think this is gonna be really helpful for us moving forward. So let's wrap it up. What do you think we're gonna do next time? Uh, well, we do need to. Uh, at some point do what I was saying earlier, which is pitch some crazy world ideas to each other. And I think, you know, I don't want to pull too much on that thread right now, but I think Mm -hmm. something we should also be thinking about when we're pitching world ideas to each other is, um, what is the, the metaphor that those are going to be about, right? We've talked about how, like, we expect that post COVID, right? There's going to be a lot of art that's secretly about being stuck in your home in lockdown, right? Right. Um, that isn't, you know, on the surface about a pandemic, but very much is about a pandemic when you like look at it metaphorically. And you imagine in the constellation, there would be a lot of art at this later stage in the constellation that is sort of about having gone through the transition and being in the constellation and having too much choice or not too much choice or, you know, hopping from world to world or whatever. I mean, I can't even think of it because it takes more energy, but right. But like the worlds that we pitch to each other, I think there would be some art, artistic intention behind some of them. Certainly the ones, the sort of artsier ones, right? And that intention would be to say something about the Constellation universe, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think- tend to think of the world creation like metaphor as being sort of like um, making a website or another online interaction space, uh, a mobile game or an app or something, uh, in the sense that like sometimes you're trying to recreate something that used to exist Sometimes you're trying to create something that couldn't exist in a, you know, uh, and then, yeah, over time, as you get further and further away from the old world, it seems like, yeah, this third thing starts to emerge where you um, reimagine things entirely from the point of view of, you know, integrated with the new technology. And that's what's hard to wrap my mind around. But I suspect what we want to come to is like 
the moment in the constellation where emerging in the culture is a brand new idea of being a person that really can only be grokked fully by like the people born in the constellation, you know? And but what like, does art art want to say about that? Right? Like, and yeah. Yeah. What, what is, what is the art that they make say basically? And oh, I think the, it, the, the first generation, that like first generation, generation as opposed to the zero generation. Cause the zero generation is like working through their trauma of like everything about their lives changed and it got better, but it also got so different that everything was called into question. Um, and they'll be working through that for some time. But then there's a bunch of people who are like just reaching adulthood now, or maybe have already reached adulthood who never knew that and have just grown up with all this choice and all of this plasticity and all of this happiness and all of this, um, you know, uh, ennui, I would imagine as well, um, that probably exists in the constellation. So, uh, they would, yeah, they would have, I think, I I don't know what they would have, but they would have a, a distinct perspective, I think. Uh, that would be fun for us to sort of well, and that's on. another tension that we didn't discuss, right? You know, there's like indie versus mainstream and objective based versus not objective based. There's like you know mm-hmm. zero gen versus first gen in terms of art creation. I think is interesting, um, right? But, and I think there'd be at least some yeah. break there. Not that it would be like a hundred percent, but I think you know there would be some tendencies among the young that would be different. Now, okay, so I guess like so coming back to the original question which is what are we going to do next time uh yeah. we could we could along those lines continue to do a deeper dive on this topic uh or two other things that i'm looking at our list that i think would be interesting would be could start to do more of a uh some work on the religions right what are the ones we're actually going to show and how do they actually work and what are the, what's their timeline of recent history okay yeah um and then another one is infrastructure and that includes like money world and post office world and all of these things we keep we should give better names to. Cool. Uh, so uh, I don't know more art. Uh, no, history, I, I feel like we've been doing the religions next time. I feel like we've done clubs. Now we've done worlds. Maybe we should do religions. And uh, we do have to talk about money world and everything. But I'm not sure that that's going to be a whole episode. We should. I don't know. For infrastructure, I think infrastructure is uh, like of that sort is going to be important. But uh, let's yeah. put. We, we. I'm fine holding off on that. So yeah, tentatively, uh, maybe we we do we go into the world of uh, constellation religions next time. That sounds fun. Okay. Well, thanks for being with us. I think we've got uh, a lot of culture and plot down today, and we will be back soon with more constellation podcast. This has been constellation making the graphic novel. Our theme song is Pomona by audios to subscribe to this podcast. Look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.